And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me is a returning guest he's still the box office manager at symphony space and he was on the buffy episode of this podcast it's anthony cologne everyone hello everyone out there listening how is uh, everyone doing? I know I'm like talking to them like they're going to respond. <laughs> and he's holding a microphone as if he's in concert right now. Oh, yeah. I'm super dramatic <laughs> because the microphone on my computer is broken. Oh. Uh, so I'm using, you can't see it, but this is the high school musical, the game microphone that I had for the, for the Nintendo Wii. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a microphone with a USB port. So it works Stop. perfectly. Stop. We need to get you a stand so like you can you know move around with it sway a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had a like a formal like standing microphone that worked really well but i literally have just lost it in my room oh <laughs> yeah, that's it's in my room somewhere that's new york for you like mm-hmm. y- your room is like two feet by two feet and you can lose something in there <laughs> it's actually more like two feet by two feet by two feet because there's two feet of clothing on the floor that that's i just true. need to <laughs> do laundry <laughs> for just swim in it but we're here to talk about the flash musical episode which was season three episode 17 called duet uh duet. it was written by aaron helbing and todd helbing oh uh and story by greg berlanti and andrew kreisberg sure uh directed by dermot downs it came out it premiered on march 21st 2017 so four years four years yeah. ago i can math uh, <laughs> and according to imdb the music meister sends supergirl and the flash to a world where life is a musical and the only way to escape is to sing and dance i've had so many dreams like that <laughs> So first things first, I've heard about The Flash. I never watched The Flash. I really don't care about The Flash. So <laughs> I watched this episode out of context. Mm-hmm. So let me give you some context. Please do. So, so The Flash is a spinoff of Arrow. Uh, okay. Stephen Amell's show. It's part of CW's uh, Arrowverse. DC Universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it yeah. the Arrowverse, which distinguishes it from all the other DC shows. And that incorporates a few shows. It includes Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Supergirl. They also have a few other shows here and there. Technically, Constantine has been pulled into that, the old show, Constantine. Smallville has, was included now in a crossover episode. They've done a lot of like just expanding this universe to include the multiverse uh, of superhero shows. Even the original Batman show with like, what was his name? Um, who passed away? Adam West. Oh, yep. okay. Yep, they had because they had the actor who played his Robin uh, appear in an episode as Robin. The uh, Tim Burton Batman movies is referenced in this universe. The show Bird, Birds of Prey, which only had one season on WB when it was WB, it was referenced. All of these shows are part of a multiverse of sh- of the WB universe. Oh, well, I, like I know that DC was doing their own 
mm-hmm. universe. Yep. Even, uh, on I, TV. Even the uh, even the Flash from the movie, Ezra Miller, actually made a cameo appearance in one of the crossovers as the Flash. Uh, to explain this giant crossover of a world that they've created. They've kind of just said, you know what? Every piece we've done, that's part of our multiverse. But the Arrowverse is what we're focusing on here. So Barry Allen, The Flash, was introduced early uh, in the Arrows, in Arrow Run, uh, as a way to expand uh, their franchise and introduce The Flash. As we go on, you've met a few of the characters before this episode. Iris is Barry's love interest. Uh, at the point when you meet them, they are having some relationship issues as he is proposed in an effort to try and save her life. Uh, but that is not a good reason to propose to someone, even if. But I know why saying, like, save her life? Like what? He, what happened? Because he has. Because they know that in the future, uh, by the end of the season that we're watching here, uh, she is supposed to die. Okay. And he and he notices that in this future she does not have a wedding ring on, so he thinks I could change the future. If we get married and she has a wedding ring on, then something will have changed. So that means that anything can be changed because right now everyone's telling him you can't change the future. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last time he did that, it caused flashpoint, which was a whole dramatic storyline about he tried to save his mother from dying. And in the end, the whole world was worse off because he changed the future. Okay. So are you more of a flash fan or super or like, do you watch all of them? I watch every single episode of every show. So then Mm-hmm. What is with Morel and Carl? So Mon, his name is Monel. Monel. Monel is a Daxum, and Daxum is the rival planet to Krypton. So you know, like everything mirrors in stories to show like dynamics. So while Krypton was this peaceful civilization that um, was amazing and had great technology, Daxum was known for their slavery and harsh life. In and they weren't actually bad people, but they were portrayed as being bad. And Monel is different from the rest of his family. He was like a frat party boy who came to Earth to survive because when Krypton exploded, Daxon was also destroyed. And everyone knows Superman's origin story. Krypton is destroyed, but he is saved by his parents by being sent in a pod. Um, the lesser known story is that Supergirl was also saved because Superman's aunt and uncle Kara slash Supergirl's parents sent her to be a guardian for Superman. The problem is that her pod gets knocked off course and she ends up, some stories she's just lost in space for a while. Uh, Most stories she is lost in the Phantom Zone for a while, uh, which is why she wakes up later, but is younger than Superman because she has gone through the Phantom Zone, which time there does not exist there. And then she is the other surviving uh, person from Krypton. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't really read the comics, but mm-hmm. like, you know, when I heard that there was a musical episode and that you had technically four people who were in Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it definitely a Glee reunion. Barry Allen, The Flash's Grant Gustin, who, who played Sebast- Sebastian Smythe. Sebastian. And mm-hmm. then Melissa Benoist, obviously Molly, Marley Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have Darren Chris as the... Music Meister. Villain? Yeah. Villain's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I don't know if you remember, but Victor Garber was in an episode of of Glee. I don't remember that. He was in, so season one, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the episode Acapellas where Mr. Schuster Does the started... acapella band with the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays Will's dad. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. I do remember this. I mean, obviously, he, correct. If, it's yes, a non-singing yes. role, but like he's done Broadway and everyone knows that. And then... Oh, yeah, no. The original Jesus. I, I read that six characters, six actors have some sort of musical mm-hmm. tie to themselves. The You have the major ones like Jesse L. Martin, Martin John Barrymore... Uh, John Barrowman, excuse me, Batman, that's what yeah. I meant, and Jeremy Jordan. But mm-hmm. then you have Carlos Valdez, who plays yes, he released music before the show. Yep, and was in Star Kid. Oh uh, yes, was in the Star yep. Kid show or two. Cisco Ram- he plays Cisco Ramon. Yes, and then Tom Cavanaugh, who was H.R. Wells. Yes, who does not even sing in the episode. He doesn't sing in the episode, but mm-hmm. he has sang He's in other Batman, yep. things. And then Chris Wood. Who plays Monel? Mm-hmm. Sang on an episode of The Vampire Diaries. Oh, see, I don't ever watch Vampire Diaries, but he doesn't sing in this episode either. So, and this episode has only five songs—six if you count "Singing in the Rain." But mm. "Singing in the Rain" is just not sung the by them. Movie, yeah. How did you feel about this episode? If you take it for what it is, it is a fun episode. It's light. It's meant to be dr- overly dramatic, as a musical is sometimes um it's meant to be just enjoyed i i was genuinely very skeptical at first when they announced that they were doing a musical episode i was like oh how are they gonna do this but music meister is a character that already did exist in the world of batman batman mythos he was actually introduced on the animated series um batman brave and the bold brave and the bold yes and was voiced by neil patrick harris I've I've seen that episode. Which... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. He uses music to hypnotize people, just similar to this. Except for that, in that case, he's trying to take over the world. That was a, a somewhat musical episode in itself. But so the character already existed. There was something to pull from there. But when they said they were going to bring it to live action, I was like, oh, let's let's see. I already watched these shows, so let's see how this is going to go. <laughs> and then we ended up here, and I was like, oh, like there's some good content in here. Uh, well, it, I mean, the writers of this original songs, mm-hmm. um, you have Rachel Bloom and Tom Root, yes. who wrote Super Friends, which when you listen to it, you're like, okay, I can see this being like a melody from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, original. It's a clever one. They actually sample some of the theme songs for both the Supergirl and the Flash in there, too. I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can kind of hear it throughout. Uh, there's like... um. They, every episode starts with the title card and has this bit of music and Rachel and, and uh, Tom are very smart in incorporating that into it. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Beautifully yeah. done. I, You know, this, this episode was very, like, very light. I mm-hmm. will agree with you on that. But, like, I don't know. It was just too cheesy. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, it was definitely made to be cheesy. A hundred percent. And you'll also see it's hard to, when you're adding cheese on top of a superhero TV show, it's going to be over the top. Well, so when we did Buffy, mm-hmm. I felt like they incorporated the music very well mm-hmm. and it worked. Like Buffy already had some sort of joke. I don't want to call it cheese because it wasn't in my, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Buffy in my eyes. <laughs> But like <laughs> they somehow melded the story and the music together very well. With this one, it just felt a little disjointed. Mm-hmm. I felt the same way when I first watched it, 
But after like some rewatches, I kind of realized that unlike Buffy, which is takes place in their main world and is the music happening in their real life. This is them in a different world. This is them in a musical world. So as opposed to Buffy, which was life is a musical. Here's music related to your everyday life. This is you are now in a musical. This musical may already be happening without you. You are just now playing a character that is that is in the middle of everything. Mm. <laughs> it was just interesting because I or not interesting it was just a little weird for me because I expected more of like when running home to you happened mm-hmm. like when they break out into song not yes. like they're jazz club singers <laughs> well yeah again that was them trying to be this overly exaggerated version of a musical but it also felt like um so again watching it out of context it just felt like the music was secondary to the Romeo and Juliet plot that was going mm-hmm. on with their their their, their worlds. I'm Iris and Monel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but mm-hmm. like when they were the other characters. Yeah, the the otherworldly. I can't remember the their characters' names at this moment. But it's yeah, it's not important. But like mm-hmm. the the parallels, because like when they went to go confront their dads, the respective partner was with mm-hmm. them. And I, for me, I was just like, oh, maybe I should have watched the other episodes just to like understand mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah, but no, that would have gave you, you would have needed a long history in there. But at the same time, I'm just like, mm, better not. <laughs> yeah, no, you would have gone very far back because this is the third season of Flash and this is the second season of Supergirl. Yeah, should I have watched like that Supergirl episode? No, before? No, no, no need to watch the pull-in. The pull-in for this episode is just um, Kara has finished a mission. This is like the last two minutes of the episode too. Kara oh. finishes her episode. She walks into the department of X. X it's, it's called the DEO, but it's for alien affairs. Um, they have already arrested the music meister. He has let himself be captured. Uh, he breaks free of his things and says, ah, you are who I was waiting for. Hypnotizes her. She passes out, and then it opens. She performs Moon River on Supergirl. Oh, and then she yeah. reprises it on. And then yeah, you got the re- you got the same basically the same performance again on the Flash. I did read that she reprises Running Home to You in a later episode. Yes, during the, the crossover episode, uh, Crisis on Earth X, which was the Nazi planet invasion. Um, uh, there is a wedding. The story opens up with a wedding, uh, which is the wedding in which Iris and Barry are getting married as they were being, as he proposed to her in this episode at the end. Um, and she is sings running home to you as, as Iris is walking down the aisle. I don't know if this is the first or one of like the, the first crossover episodes for all four DC shows at the time. Um, at the time, I think this might've been the second. There was already one in which, Kara, uh, Supergirl had met Barry. That was when Supergirl was still on CBS. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the first season was on CBS and then they moved it to CW because it just wasn't doing so great on CBS and it launched very well on CW. Well, I meant uh, like there was also yes, uh, Arrow have... people and Legends of Tomorrow exactly. people on there. Yeah, but, but I, I don't believe it was the first, but it might have been the second time because I believe the Flash second season has another crossover. It's hard because there's so many crossovers. Yeah. I never remember when exactly they happen. So all these shows, are they in like the same 
world or are they in different dimensions or something? So the multiverse is interesting because uh, pre-Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I'm using Crisis on Infinite Earths as a reference point in the TV series here and not talking about the comics at all. Okay. So there is a moment called Crisis on Infinite Earths in which most of the shows build up to throughout their run. It's kind of where Arrow ended its run as well. They all live. Arrow and Flash take place on the same Earth. Legends of Tomorrow mostly takes place on the same Earth, but it is actually partly on a different. They kind of range from Earths to Earths. You learn okay. later. Earths, Earths, that's hard to say. <laughs> um, and then Thank Supergirl God. takes place on Earth 23. It was used to be known as Earth CBS, but that was just like kind of a running a joke in the fan community. Earth 23. Uh, you also have Black Lightning takes place on a different Earth. Um, all, they're all different Earths. They're all just numbered in the crazy numbers. Smallville has a different Earth. You know. So what happens is during Crisis on Infinite Earths, they finally separate a lot of the Earths. But to save Barry, Arrow, Arrow, the Arrow Earth, the Flash Earth, they combine them, uh, including Earth-23. So now Supergirl and the Flash live on the same Earth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm. <laughs> But like they, because in this episode, it looked like there was like a portal of sorts. Yes. At this point, the Earths have not been merged. So Supergirl is coming from Earth 23 to Earth 1. And later they will be merged into Earth Prime. God, I fucking love comic book things. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is why you brought me on, because I have this random information (laughs) in my brain. Well, you also picked this episode. I know. I couldn't resist. You, You obviously love this show. Right, I do. Like I do. Even uh, as crazy as it gets, I still sit and watch every episode. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you? How well, did you feel though? Like, did you feel like you were gypped as a theater person? Like, mm. did you feel like you were gypped musically? I wish there was more numbers, but yeah, like, cause... I don't feel gypped musically, and I'll tell you why. It's because when this show, when this episode aired, we were already in the second season of Supergirl. Uh, we had already heard Barry Allen sing one time in season one of okay. The Flash. He did karaoke with a very drunk, um, soon, to, uh, soon to be Killer Frost, <laughs> which is kind of referenced at the end of the episode. She's like, oh, I've heard Barry sing before. They did uh, Summer Lovin' from Greece uh, at a karaoke bar. Yeah. And she cannot sing. She does not sing in this episode. She cannot sing in that episode. <laughs> and it's kind of just a joke that she just she, the actress cannot sing. But then Barry starts singing and she gives him this look She's because she doesn't know. And she's just like, <gasps> like, it's like, what? You can sing too? And he's like, yes, I guess I can. Maybe it's part of my superpowers. And we're just like, mm, that's a stretch. Um, yeah. And then obviously Kara puts the Kara in karaoke. So, Because like you have all this talent and mm-hmm. you throw them in, put a little love in your heart. And I'm just like, mm, could have picked a better song. For, oh, I enjoyed it so much. I, I did. Know. I'm gonna be the one that pokes holes at this because obviously that's why I know. Like this, this is what I did to you during the Buffy episode. Yes, yeah. I. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, good. Rules of reverse. Finally, exactly. <laughs> you know, I will. This, this, in my opinion, was a wonderfully done episode. Uh, because I was just, like I said, we had Jeremy Jordan on a season and a half of Supergirl before this. And I was like, why aren't you singing to me, Jeremy Jordan? Why I, aren't you singing to me? I read that there was, that the cast was like, okay, so this is from IMDb, I think. So mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. But like the cast was joking about uh, doing a musical episode the first season because they had all this uh, mm-hmm. talent there. 
And so obviously, but like, obviously they waited for this Flash episode, but I'm just sitting there like, you have all this talent and you, you, you don't use it as much as you should. But like, I did like the trio of dads song. Oh yes. I cannot wish you from guys. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was a little confused as to like, why Victor Garber and Jesse L. Martin were were in a relationship in this fake world? <laughs> I don't know either, but I was here for it. They needed to read. You know, Victor Garber is or at the time of the show was on Legends of Tomorrow. He originally started on The Flash, though. That's where he started. So his character and Barry's character had a relationship already. Um, John Barrowman's character uh, uh, was a bad guy on Arrow and had had some crossovers into Legends of Tomorrow, so he had interacted with the Flash as well. He was the head of the League of Assassins. And then finally, Jesse L. Martin's character is a character on the Flash. So all of these characters had previously interacted with Barry Allen before this, but not Supergirl. Uh, so to bring them in was a shocker because no one expected to see Victor Garber or John Bowerman uh, until they appeared. They had done a really good job about hiding it until the commercials but yeah, so they were like, we need to squeeze all this talent in. And we have these talents across the universes, but they're not actually on the show. What can we do to put them into this? Ah, dream sequences, fake relationships. Here we go. So then did Jeremy Jordan interact with Barry Allen? His character? Um, no, I believe that might have been the first time. That was the first time that they had technically met. He met Wynn. Yeah. Because the way that you were describing it, it felt like it was... I mean, obviously, it, it is a Flash episode, mm-hmm. the yes, yes, episode of the Flash, but like all these characters only interacted with the Flash, and we were mostly exactly. his his dream sphere of people, yep. fantasy. Yeah, yeah no, when when just uh, Jeremy Jordan is from Supergirl's Earth, so he had not interacted with them just at this point. They eventually interact for real in an, an actual crossover later. Uh, we also get who was the other one? Oh, uh, Vibe. Vibe oh, also yeah. uh, is from the Flash, but he was on Supergirl a few times. So they he he was a cross. His ability is to open breaches to other Earths and stuff like that and portals. I got ga- I gathered that when Iris when was he, like, "You did these things already, so what?" You put me in the Speed Force. You've yes, yeah. So what? Why do you think it's crazy? You can't put me in their dreamlike fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And he does. <laughs> I mean, I felt like though it was music- a short ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, this episode was just so wild and weird. Like, mm-hmm. the show is an hour long, right? On on the CW. Yep. But it felt it felt like it. Like I, I watched it on Netflix, so it's what like forty five minutes. But it felt mm-hmm. like it was like twenty five minutes because it just happens so fast. And like nothing really happens, but stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely do six machina at the end here. <laughs> yeah, where where Music Meister was just like, I'm from another Earth. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So yeah, he is a. They describe him in this one, uh, in in Batman Brave and the Bold, he is just kind of a villain. In this one, he is a fifth dimensional being. Um, yeah, I just yeah, which is it's weird. It's hard to explain. I can't even explain it. The at this point, Supergirl has only interacted with one fifth dimensional being, and that's a uh, Mister Mixapixel, Mix Mister Pixelex. Yeah, I can't I, even pronounce his name. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I, I read the name and I was just like, 
wh- how do you pronounce this? Mixy. We just call him Mixy. For Mr. Short. Mixy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah. Mixer Pixelexa. Yeah. The only fifth dimensional being that she had interacted with this at this point, actually, currently on Supergirl's run, she is also now interacting with the fifth dimensional being. But this was the only the second time she's seen one, so it was still kind of a new thing. Uh, so and the, are, these beings have very strong powers, and this one was to hypnotize and put into this world and absorb superheroes' powers, apparently. So are all fifth-dimensional beings, though, neither good nor bad? Um, I think that's pretty safe to say. They're kind of just mostly for mischief. Mixie uh, okay. came to Kara's Earth in Earth-23 and simply wanted to marry her because he fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And then music meister wanted to fix their relationships yeah he just wanted to learn to teach everyone a lesson and then what is this current fifth uh, i'm only in the middle of the season right now i'm catching up uh but she was trapped in the phantom zone because she was much more evil in nature Uh, i do not know if that's going to cross over or if they were a misinterpretation of her abilities but Mm -hmm. we're going to find out more because she does help supergirl in the phantom zone so we are learning that she is yeah Maybe she wants to date Supergirl too, because I'm, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. People want to date her or help her the, with her relationship. <laughs> the funny thing is, the only way to defeat Mr. Mixapixelex is to have him say his name backwards. Fuck. No. Mm-hmm. That's some yeah. weird Rumpelstiltskin shit going on. Exactly. Yep. But I don't know if. Uh, Music Meister was written with Darren Chris in mind, but I don't know what was. was going on. Because he... <sighs> when they adapted the character from Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, they had Darren Chris in mind. Because he was just wild. And I've, I, I don't know. It just, I, I don't think it was, it, it looked right or sounded right for mm. uh, Darren Chris to be acting that way in my brain. Yeah, I could see that. I, I do think that it, he is he was at this point shoehorned into a very similar character in the beginning, too. So we're so seeing him play this weird, funky character that's was a little different than yeah. his more humble beginnings. This is definitely a little more Harry Potter vibe than Blaine from Glee vibe. Yeah, this is this is like Harry Potter Par- Potter musical. I mean, the, yeah, I was gonna say this is more Star Kid. Mm-hmm. like acting than anything else i remember watching the brave and the bold mm-hmm. where music meister hypnotizes people through his singing yes and so i was waiting for like darren chris to like croon us into his hypnosis not like yeah. a weird i like staring contest <laughs> thing well that was one of the weird things that i didn't understand about this episode and i was going to save this for flats so i think maybe we'll come back to it but he's the music meister but he's like who knows this could have been a space opera or a western and i'm like you're the music meister this you're was supposed always to be in charge be of this musical. yeah yeah it was always going to be a musical why would why would it be not a musical i guess a western could be a musical but and like i was hope i think i was also hoping for him to have so going back to buffy with mm-hmm. sweet you know his exit song that he has yes I was hoping for something like that for Music Meister mm-hmm. instead of like a goodbye kind of a thing. <laughs> they they just missed out on a lot of opportunities, I feel like. Um, I get that. I get that. I, and like we got 
a little like these these actors I don't think are known for their dancing so like it was it was great to kind of see a little tap number though just like a oh yeah and during yeah during super friends but like I kind of I kind of wish there was a big song and dance number which they tried to I feel like they tried to do that with put a little love in your heart but it wasn't it was like movementography. <laughs> it was. It was definitely made for the characters who don't dance. Yeah, John Barrowman. <laughs> give it. Give us some background dancers. Like that's fine. I have to say how much I loved Super Friends as a musical number. It's it's so filled with Easter eggs and references that many people just might not catch on to very easily. But I'm I was just like, yeah, like even the title of the song is just based off of the old cartoon super friends. Yeah. I read it. I read about that where it is the flash and Supergirl and a bunch of other DC characters. Exactly. Just super friends was just like an, they believe it's Hanna-Barbera cartoon back in the day. (laughs) You know, you get, you get references to Superman in there talking about the cousin and the relationship because when Kara and Supergirl first meet, she kind of talks about how everyone loves Superman and so in this time, he's like, I don't understand why everyone likes your cousin. Har, 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 har. That's a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, re- they reference, um, you know, she says, if you're not there in time, you could just go back in time and give it another shot. And he's just like, no, I can't do that again. And that's referencing the Flashpoint incident in which he went back in time and changed something and made everything worse. Oh, uh, I thought they, they were referencing the Superman movie. Oh, no, they were referencing uh, Flashpoint specifically. And I'll tell you, they kind of describe his time travel as like when you break a mug and you could always glue it together, but you always see the cracks in the the shards. That's kind of how they reference his time travel is that, yes, you can go back in time and change things, but it will make things worse. Because at the end of this Flashpoint incident, he then goes back and fixes it, but there's still problems because you just can never fix, you can never go back. You You can't undo what you've done. Which is a reality. It's it's the butterfly um, effect. Yep, exactly. And we're going to be getting a Flashpoint movie. Uh, that's going to be the storyline for Ezra Miller's Flash when they finally go forward with that. I read about that where there's two Batmans in it. Yes, we are getting both a combination of Robert Pattinson's Batman, who's going to be in the new Batman movie coming out. No. And then, oh, oh, we are also getting, yes, you're right. We are bringing three Batmans technically. Well, um, uh, according to IMDb, what I saw, it was only two so far that are credited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robert Pattinson's is what it's going to end up being. Because okay, we're well, getting so Ben there's... Affleck's Batman and we're getting uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton's coming Michael back. Michael Keaton's yeah. Batman, thank you. I was um, just saying, but like, it was, uh, it was funny. I was reading this and I know Marvel is doing multiverse mm-hmm, as well. Yes. So, it's but it seems like DC is doing has done it first since we spent the last like 30 minutes talking about <laughs> the C the CW multiverse that's yeah happening. the Arrowverse it's called the Arrowverse mm-hmm. so it's interesting that like both both of them are doing the multiverses mm-hmm. of their yeah comics. it's it's the easiest way to explain casting changes that and like fixing storylines mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> yep we are getting super uh, we're getting our own supergirl in the dcu the dc dce uh, the dc extended DC universe EU, yeah, yeah. EU, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we're getting a supergirl in there because we already have uh 
a Batman, uh, a Superman. I mean, we're getting, uh, we're getting some, yeah, we're getting some, a lot of crossover of characters. So now to differentiate them from the TV show, we're like, here's the multiverse. Right. And like, it makes sense to be like, oh, and you mentioned about Ezra Miller Mm -hmm. uh, being on the show and obviously he's in the movie. Uh, And then it, it's great that they're like weaving all of this together because their movies kind of need help. <laughs> yes, their movies do need help. They're starting to find their flow, luckily. You know, Aquaman was a wonderful film. The first Wonder Woman was was amazing. The second Wonder Woman definitely kind of went backwards, a backslide there. But you know what all three of those movies were missing? A tap what? number. Tap number, yep. A tap mm-hmm. number. I would love to see like Gal Gadot just like banging her uh her wristbands together to, just to give chris just, pine a musical number just like a da 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 and missing like missiles or gut and bullets and things like that mm-hmm. while she's you know tapping <laughs> and then aquaman is dancing on the water not in just like on top of the water like jesus uh <laughs> Uh, but I did love uh, just going back to we were talking about musical numbers. Um, uh, I mean, more I cannot wish you. That was a that was a good so- that was a great beautifully song. Sung. Beautiful beautifully song. sung, and then obviously they uh, backtrack and they're mm-hmm. like, "We're going to do a war." Fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they quickly were like, "Hey, you thought this was resolved?" No. <laughs> so wait, at, you said out of all three of those dads, John Barman's character is the only one that's a villain. So he's an actual villain, uh, like like the storyline here uh, in the first season of Arrow. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anyone. Uh, he becomes estranged from his son, just like he's estranged from his son in the musical world. Yeah. So oh, the parallels. More more uh, Easter eggs and parallels. Yeah. Yes. So he becomes estranged from his son in the in Arrow because he his name is Malcolm Merlin. He has a son who is best friends with the green arrow but he's he doesn't know he's the green arrow and eventually you find out that the reason why he's estranged is because he left to go on his own journey uh, after his wife died to find magic and becomes a member of the league of assassins and eventually becomes the head of the assassins once rachel ghouls out of the way uh, so just like that he is the only character that is actually a villain and he played a villain in arrow the flash and on legends of tomorrow uh, as opposed to Jesse L. Martin, who is Barry Allen's adopted father in The Flash, and Victor Garber, who is a father figure uh, to Barry in in the er- some of the early episodes of The Flash, as well as a main character on Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, the so they're all dads in the Arrowverse. They are. Mm-hmm. So that I, at least that's a good parallel for them. Yeah, it's but true. like. I, I have to agree with you when that when they became a trio at the end mm-hmm. and was it that John Barrowman was singing one line and then Jesse L. Martin and Victor Garber were like doing a, a echo oh mm-hmm. but there was there was I'm gonna I'm gonna have an unpopular opinion here and you may just like end the zoom call with this hit me there was something up with Victor Garber's voice, though. It didn't. Oh, I think it was just age. I really think it was just age. It was just age. Yeah, because there was. I was just sitting there. And I, was I like, heard it, it too when I rewatched. It doesn't sound full. Mm-hmm. It. I don't. I was like, maybe it's the notes. Mm-hmm. I just. I think that it was just. I think it's just age. Just you know, age. He is getting old. He's not singing as much. Yeah, uh, you have to think about how much time they probably had to 
record all this. Mm-hmm. He he did leave Legends of Tomorrow to go on to do some shows too. He was going to do some live stage shows and then pandemic hit. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, he was they were going into rehearsals in 20 this aired in 2017. He left the show like a year later in 2018, 2019 and then was going to be doing something and then it just Oh no. Yep. Well, maybe he can go back. <laughs> maybe he can. Um, there's no place like home. Oh, there is no place like home. So many, so many Wizard of Oz references in this, you know. Uh, one of the things that really connects Kara and Barry, the Flash and Supergirl, is that they both had a love of musical movies when they were younger. And that's because, you know, they referenced at the beginning that, Barry, that Barry's coping mechanism when there was bad weather, lightning storms, ironically, because he's the Flash and he was struck by lightning, um, is that his mom would let him watch Singing in the Rain. And then for Kara, it was the Wizard of Oz because it's about a girl out of place and Kara is from another planet. Uh, And unlike Superman, who was raised on Earth and kind of just has to feel weird about having powers later, Kara remembers her life on Krypton. She's a teenager when she, or she's a young teen when she arrives on Earth. So she had a whole life on Krypton before it was exploded. So she is very much like like um, like both Alice. She makes a weirder and weird or curiouser and curiouser. She makes an Alice in Wonderland. Uh-huh. reference and she makes a a few wizard of oz references because she's the girl out of place uh on on our earth or in general hmm. but like that's cw canon or is that comic that's book CW canon or canon. both yep cw, CW canon. canon okay mm-hmm. well on that <laughs> note pun kind of intended <laughs> musicals Huzzah! Ding! uh let's get into sharp and flat shall we mm-hmm Sharp flat. So yes. So in this section, we're gonna highlight some moments that we've talked about, like you said, or not mm-hmm. talked about, maybe. Um, and if we liked them, it's sharp. And if we didn't like them, or we think it could have been changed, it's flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, what is? What are your sharps? First sharp, running home to you, pacing and Paul, beautiful song. Gorgeous, gorgeous song. I want that to play at my damn wedding. Like, I'm going to see if, if Melissa Benoist wants to come sing at my wedding now. I, I think it is such a beautiful song. I think the lyrics are a little lacking here and there because they're trying to fit it into the Flash world, making right. these references. But I don't, it just, the music is so gorgeous. It just, mm-hmm. to me, it just felt out of place because the other song. Live world. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also, in the musical world, like there, there was only one song that was sung out of like the dream sequence, a, a, a reality setting, I should say, mm-hmm. and that was like more I cannot wish for you, uh, more that I more I cannot wish you. Mm-hmm. That's the name of it, because <laughs> uh, like the dads are obviously bursting out into song out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. the rest of them they were justified. And so okay. it's for me, it's kind of weird with that kind of a musical where there's only five songs. If they did an, maybe another one in that universe that was unjustified, mm-hmm. like bursting out to song, maybe it would have made sense. But I did really, I did like that scene, the running home to you mm-hmm. scene. 
even yeah, though especially because at this point they're mending their relationship because they had had this situation that i mentioned earlier about him proposing for the wrong reasons and now and he now proposes with a beautiful the right song mm-hmm. and i was just like grant gustin i'll marry you if she says no <laughs> she said yes so yes here i am do you have any other um yeah no uh i've talked about super friends and my love for that number the easter eggs it is fun to watch Monel and uh, Iris pre- pretend to be lovers when they are both lovers to the main characters and watching their reactions. Uh, that was a wonderful, just really fun to watch. Uh, one of also my favorite moments in this was actually during Put a Little Love in Your Heart. Uh, Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin are standing next to each other and Darren Chris kind of cuts in between them. And Melissa Benoist lets out this like squeal of like, like she gets like surprised by him popping out of nowhere, but you could see on her face, and this is definitely her just breaking character, how much fun she is having. Cause she's just laughing to herself <laughs> with no regard that there is a camera on her. She is just having the time of her life. And I am so here for that kind of like live energy. It's like watching like an actor break on SNL. You're like, this is comedy gold. This was that, that was that moment for me. Well, I don't know if this was the same thing, but in Mora Cannot Wish You, Barry has does the same thing. Mm. Uh, where at the end, he's just like, like I mean, obviously he's applauding, which, is pro- which was staged. Mm-hmm. But on his face, you can tell that he's just like, I'm standing in front of musical theater legends. Exactly. It kind of, kind of felt like, to bring it into like our real world, it kind of felt like Jan on All Stars 6 that's happening in <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, where she... And sometimes in her confessional, she's just like, I'm sitting in front of this shit happening. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, Barry Allen, you're definitely having that moment of like, this is Victor Garber and Jesse L. Martin singing in front of me or acting in front of me. Like, what the fuck is my life? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a moment of realization that like, yes, I, I know that I've been working with these people, but to see them in their element, what they're known for. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, like also getting to hear Jeremy Jordan sing, like what he brought to put a little love in your heart. Ah, oh, his just his <laughs> runs on that song. He's sing- I'm just like, mm, yes, mm, yes, daddy, yes, Get it, Jeremy. Um, I'll also say there's a, another moment when you first find out that they are playing a couple. When you find out Jesse L. Martin and uh, Victor Garber are a couple, and Mary Allen goes, "Dads," and and everyone in the room goes, "Do you have a problem with that?" And his his reaction is no, I don't have a problem with that. It's n- no, I like musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a <laughs> little bit yes. of. Like, I like musicals. Good reaction. <laughs> I have to say that one of my sharps is uh, Barry's ma as the first thing that uh, first like line in the show basically, or one of the first mm. lines in the episode. Barry's mom says, "When you speak, it's just words." But when you sing, you open up your soul and let who, and let who you really are shine through. And yeah, that was a beautiful line. Listening sure. to that line, I was just like, "That's like the thesis statement of my podcast," and I didn't realize that. No. <laughs> well, because you know we're talking about musicals, we have opinions about them, and people are showing their emotions through the songs that out of the last forty episodes I've done. So like, I was just like, yeah, that's, that's true. That's like what we're doing. And then you and I like work in theater. So like 
we see this all the time mm-hmm. but yeah there though i felt like they could have done more songs to show more emotions agree agreed uh, yeah, five was not enough but 44 minutes and that was my first flat actually not that many songs i want more give yeah, me no, more I, I could agree to that buffy had like 20 songs <laughs> they definitely did i there were some that were like 30 seconds long but like mm-hmm. they had more you can mm-hmm. do more i definitely say one of my flats would definitely be some of the overacting moments which oh, yeah. felt a little pushed mm-hmm. darren chris yep mm-hmm. unfortunately Especially when he was in the real world oh my god yes you know like in the musical world i kind of understood it was to blend in but in the real world, it was a little tough. Um, I also think that there, there, there's another, there's a B storyline to this to this episode that is that Kid Flash is having some issues uh, with trusting that he is a good superhero. He had been trapped in the Speed Force before this. Oh yeah, I missed that. Yep. Oh, also <laughs> another person with a musical background who didn't get to sing, Keenan uh, Linesdale, Kid Flash. He has some oh. wonderful music out, uh, which I highly suggest you check out if you have a chance. It's very like open, non-binary, queer music, uh, because he, because they are. I believe he, they, they, them, they are. Kid Flash, the yes, the actor. Kid Flash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ken, Kenyon Lionsdale. Ken, Kenyon. Ken, yeah, it's Kenyon. The speed line storyline for 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 Kid Flash is that he is not doubting his superpowers, and in the real world, he has to. He unlike. Flash, who is being taught a lesson through music and being whammied, uh, Kid Flash is physically fighting uh, Music Meister with the help of Martian Manhunter and Vibe. And that scene just felt, I was just like, this is to appease the people who normally watch the show. Right, yeah. And need an action sequence. I was just like, and why that's is why this that's happening? here. And I was like, this is a flat for me because this was just seems pushed in here. I didn't really like being hit over the head with the music, with the musical references because mm-hmm. they were just like it was just like there's no place like home stare at the camera and smile <laughs> and something but yeah, also no, they, they did that more than once too which is why I was like the first time I was like cute you're referencing her love for this because it's mentioned in other episodes too the 14th time I was like okay, <laughs> and then I just wrote saved by a kiss like that, that's how we're ending the episode mm-hmm. okay yeah, Juicex Machinad. Definitely Juicex Machinad. Yes. Do you, have any other, do you have any other flats? You kind of mentioned one earlier and I kind of forgot what it was. Oh, me too now, actually. Ah. Well, listener, go back and listen to what Anthony said it was a flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll put yeah, it Yeah, no, there was a flat in there. And I remember <laughs> thinking, that's a flat, but it's okay. Uh, would you add any of these songs to your life's playlist? So fun fact, Moon River was a song that I was not super familiar with before this. I had heard it. It's an iconic song, Breakfast at Tiffany's, but it was just not one that I ever was like, Moon River, I'm going to listen to Moon River. This is on some of my playlists now, specifically her rendition. Uh, I think that it's, it's her voice is so pure and light. I love her on Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she did, uh, was it New York State of Mind? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, uh, it her, was it, it, her and Leah Michelle. Her and Leah Michelle did a duet, yep. Uh, an unknown to them duet where they're singing the same song in two different places on earth. Yes. Um, <laughs> she has such a strong and powerful voice. And she also got to, she was on Broadway in Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
so she's got like this like very straightforward sounding voice and this song was just a great one for her to kick off and i'm glad i got to throw that onto some of my playlists you know i hope that someone will propose to me singing run home running home to you that's a great one i can probably think of a few songs that might be better in my situation but i didn't put any of them because like I need to go back. I think I need to go back and rewatch the episode. I only watched it once. Mm-hmm, you like, know, and, and hopefully now the information I gave you is a little more context too. Yeah, there's some context there. And the, and like you you kind of argued Moon River, but like I need to listen to it again just to make mm-hmm. sure I'm thinking of the right thing. Um, I have another question that I forgot to ask you earlier. Tell Do me. you feel like the a musical episode was a long time coming for the for the Arrowverse, I guess? Mm-hmm. So it would never have fit an Arrow in itself, and it was never even a thought. Arrow, of all the shows, is a much more serious, dark-toned show. Okay. They didn't even introduce, like, magic and superpowers until, like, season three or four. Uh, so yeah. it did not it, – it would not have fit an Arrow, so the thought of it – so you really have to think about it from the moment that you kind of hit the extremes in The Flash. So this is season three of The Flash. So I do felt like for The Flash, it was a long time coming. For Supergirl, it kind of landed exactly where it needed to. Season one would have been too soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Season yeah, one would be too, too soon. You need to establish the show and then you exactly. can have fun with the Yeah, and episodes. your characters. You need to care about your characters beyond what you've seen. You need to know they have a life before this. They need to like, you know, that's, you know, giving a, a background. I think that it came a little late in Buffy. I was surprised with how far down the line it had gone. Yeah. It still worked great, though. But it had come, it came down. It was like what was it? Season six, season five, season six, yeah. And but like season six, yeah. Th- the way that they utilized it, though, it was great because mm-hmm. um, the truths came out in that episode. So like, mm-hmm. it was great that it worked after she came back to life, so yeah. she could have that moment of saying that she went to heaven. Yep, that's true. I don't. I don't know I if it could have. Yeah. I don't know how they would have done it though prior to season six mm-hmm. or what inner turmoil they'd be dealing with for her. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have probably worked when angel was evil, mm. but then we'd have to hear David Boreana sing and he's not a good singer. Uh, do you think though, that maybe there might be a second one down the pipeline? Uh, that's tricky. Uh, Supergirl is ending after this season. Shit. Yeah, we're coming to the series finale this season, so I do not think that we will be getting another one. But that does not mean they're leaving the Arrowverse. These characters can always reappear. That's true. Um, A perfect example is there is a character named Diggle uh, who played the Green Arrow's best friend. Uh, (laughs) And he's all, yeah. uh, And I forgot his superhero name already because he hasn't been seen since the last episode of Arrow in which he finds a Green Lantern ring. Ooh. Ooh. Twist. Um, and then this or last week in all four shows on the Arrowverse, that is our yeah, four shows. He appeared on an episode of Supergirl as Diggle. He appeared on an episode of Legend of Tomorrow as a ancestor of Diggle. Uh, because at the time that's a time travel show. And he play, appeared on Supergirl as Diggle. I believe he also appeared said, somewhere else too. You said Supergirl already, but did he uh, Supergirl Flash? Fl- Flash. And, and he Diggle? also appeared on an episode, I think, of Black Lightning, if I remember correctly. Uh, bo- um, on both Flash and Black Lightning as Diggle? As Diggle. Oh. Like they're kind of, they were like, hey, remember this character that everyone loved? 
guess what? He's appearing on all four shows across the universe to remind you how much you love him. And he even directed an episode of one of the shows too. We're going to tease you with this character. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think that they are trying to build to him having his own green lantern show. I think that's not, it's you the know, green lantern movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> we also are supposed to be getting a new green lantern movie eventually too, but not Ooh. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Because Ryan Reynolds has taken the piss out of that one already. No, yeah, no. And he knows it. No, he knows it. That's the butt of every Deadpool joke ever now. <laughs> oh, Anthony, do you have any... Uh, we've come to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to plug or promote? Um, I, last time I mentioned I was on here, I said that by summertime, we were launching my web series, Arts and Drafts. That's still going up for the end of summer. So uh, hopefully look for that on YouTube uh, in the coming month months. We started filming Arts and Drafts. It is a web series in which me and a friend of mine uh, drink a number of alcoholic beverages and judge and base it. Uh, And then from there, we get drunk and do arts and crafts projects. (gasps) Arts and Drafts. Have you done like knitting yet? (laughs) We have not done knitting. So maybe you'll have to come join us and knit because I do not know how to knit. Yes, I I could be like the the expert that shows you while you're sober and then (laughs) oh no no you have to get drunk with us i want my guest being drunk oh no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we'll have to plan for that okay (laughs) um anything else you want like how symphony space yeah symphony space uh, i'm the box office manager at symphony space we are returning in october which will be wonderful uh we do we're returning with our selected short season uh, in hopefully in the beginning of August, middle of August, we'll have an announcement of some of our star-studded lineup and some new shows that are coming to the theater. So be, be on really the lookout time. for that. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about the Prince of Egypt. Oh, iconic. So good. Iconic. So good. All right, Anthony, let's go into our uh, musical fantasy and figure out how to end this episode of the podcast. Okay? Okay, whammy me. (laughs) Bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.